how's everyone doing this morning? Good. My little godson, Isaiah, when I say good morning to him, I say, good morning. And he'll say, good morning. So I was kind of expecting to hear that, but that's okay. Y'all did okay. <laughs> well, all right. Well, this is the weekend that we take to um, acknowledge mothers, celebrate mothers, um, uh, celebrate mothers where they can just, you know, do their own thing, put their feet up for some, go out to dinner, others, and just uh, appreciate their moms, appreciate being celebrated themselves. And so I do know that it brings mixed emotions, but if you are a mother, I encourage you to enjoy this weekend. Enjoy this weekend and all the love that comes your way. If you have a mom still here with you on earth, then do the same for her as well. Make sure you take that time to acknowledge her and appreciate her. Um, Someone recently asked me about um, pictures, um, pregnancy pictures, and because they had never seen me pregnant. Well, when we opened this church, Jeremiah was four. So none of you here have seen me pregnant but my family. So I thought that was an interesting, it wasn't even a request, but just a thought. I'm like, well, where are those pictures? So I don't have many, but I've pulled out a few pregnancy photos so that you guys can see them. Um, Much hasn't changed, much about my appearance hasn't changed. It's been my weight that's fluctuated through the years, um, through six pregnancies. Um, uh, In fact, I was pregnant or nursing every year from age 27 to 37. For 10 years of my life, I have been pregnant or nursing. I wean the baby, I get pregnant again. I wean the baby, I get pregnant again. So that's been my story. So I wanted to show a few pictures um, so y'all can get a few laughs. And Okay, so there's one. Bring the lights down a little bit, guys. So this is when I was pregnant with Mariah, and uh, this is the infamous Ferrari my husband has talked about. <laughs> Him doing a, a, a thousand miles down the freeway, a thousand miles down the freeway. So this, I was headed to my baby shower. It was the only baby shower I had. And I was just looking forward to gifts and fun and love, and it was amazing. Um, yeah, back then, we didn't do all that dressing up stuff. You know, I just wore something simple. This one, I was pregnant with Otha. Now, that hair is horrid, horrendous. It was an epic fail. I had braids. The girl did a terrible job, and so a lot of my hair is gone. It's just really short, and I was, I think, 30 on this picture with, with Otha. Go to the next one. I couldn't find a picture of me being pregnant with Rachel. So here is after I had Rachel. <laughs> you can go to the next picture. And then here's the one I couldn't find alone. I'm pregnant with Sophia. So all you see is just thickness all through here. Um, Sophia was overdue. She came like three or four days beyond her due date. Fourth baby, I'm not sure how you do that. They, sometimes you're overdue with the first one, but not the fourth one. And so I was with my bestie Kim and my sister, I mean, my, my sister-in-law Kim and my bestie Carol at some event. I mean, out, and I'm 40 and a half weeks pregnant. Going to the next picture. Here I am with Sophia. Now, you can't see my belly too much because I'm wearing burgundy. But you know when I sit down, I'm not round like that. I'm pregnant with Elizabeth in this picture. <laughs> you can go to the next one. And then right here, you can't see my belly because I have a baby in my lap. So I've 
got babies everywhere. The one that's not in the picture is Sophia. She's around playing rather Chuck E. Cheese. And so she didn't make the picture that her grandfather took. But yeah, it says love in my tummy because there's somebody in there. <laughs> and so you got a baby here. She wasn't even a year old yet. And I was pregnant with Jeremiah. So, all right. Thank you guys. Turn the lights back up. So showing those pictures, digging out the pictures, looking for them in tons and tons of boxes and different photo albums and different envelopes and just looking everywhere to find some picture of when I was pregnant brought back a flood of memories. And not only that, it's just the idea of ministering this weekend and thinking about my own journey of motherhood. My mother um, was ill right before Mariah was born. She passed away in August 1998. We conceived just weeks after her passing. And it was, it was, it was I don't know, I mean, I was grieving, but yet I had this baby, and so it just took my mind off the grief that I felt, but yet I missed her. I missed her on every side because every first was coming up. You know, the first Christmas, the first Thanksgiving, all these different things were coming up. But I had this baby to think about and just the joy of what that might bring. And we didn't say, hey, let's, you know, let's have a baby. Let's go ahead. And we didn't plan Mariah. The Lord planned Mariah and all the rest. We didn't plan any of the kids. They came in God's perfect timing because there's no way I would have ever desired to have six children, eight and under. I wouldn't have planned it that way. But I'm so thankful that his wisdom is above my wisdom. It's far beyond my wisdom. That his thoughts and his ways are far beyond mine. And the way that he did what he did is just awesome because I love that they are so close together. I mean, in my own mind, we talked about wisdom last week, in my own mind, I would have never done it that way. But it was the best way because now I'm almost 50 and the kid, Jeremiah's almost 13. I'm like, hey, maybe I can just do some things. <laughs> but anyway, Mariah was born. We had our, she was born three days after our baby shower. And she was born right before our third anniversary. She is currently a senior in college. And she will uh, celebrate her 21st birthday on the 25th of this month. Amen. So we currently have two in college, two in high school, and two in middle school. Now when the fall comes, all of that will shift. We'll have three in high school, and one's graduating college. And it's just, just so much stuff going on. Just, it's difficult to keep up. It's just so much. But I'm so thankful that the Lord privileged, gave me the privilege of being a mother. And there's just some things I'd like to share with you this morning on that journey. Um, I remember bringing Mariah home from the hospital and feeling frustrated, feeling, um, having some emotional difficulties and wishing my mom were there because I felt completely lost. I mean, I had some experience with motherhood, but... I mean, I'm not motherhood, but I had some experience with babies, with babies, just taking care of babies, babysitting, things like that. But I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? And I found myself feeling frustrated. And so one day I was crying and my husband said, what's, what's wrong with you? I'm like, well, I just want to be a good mother. And I'm just, now I'm bawling. So you have all these hormones raging, you have the emotional stuff, probably attacks from the enemy against my mind, the grief. I mean, just all this stuff. And he said to me, Go in there and get on your face before the Lord and ask him to teach you how to be a good mother. That advice 
is the foundation of my journey of motherhood, as well as the foundation for today's teaching. Now, you know, this month of May, our teaching platform is wisdom. Last week, Pastor Otha talked about wisdom and four kinds of wisdom. In fact, I'll give those right quick. He talked about earthly wisdom, the wisdom that comes from studying nature. He talked about sensual wisdom, the wisdom that comes from the senses by engaging in the world. Demonic wisdom, the wisdom that comes from the dark side, as well as heavenly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom, wisdom that comes from above. Wisdom that comes from above. Now, babies, when they come out, they don't have a manual, an instructional booklet, as it were. Do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. If this happens, do this. If this happens, do this. If this happens, do this. But, but the word is full of wisdom. When you read the word, when you meditate the word, he said, if you meditate the word day and night, you will make your own way successful because you obey the word by spending time and meditating in the word. So today, I would like to share some pearls of wisdom. Not giving you a point one through ten of, girl, you should do this. Girl, you should do that. Girl, no, no, I'm not giving that. I'm going to just share some practical things from my own life. Um, not that I'm the example or a professional or an expert, but by way of giving you encouragement on your own particular journey and also to encourage your walk with God because he's ultimately the one who's going to give the wisdom you need in order to be a successful mother. After all, he is the one who sent that baby from heaven or those children from heaven. So it would behoove you to find out from the maker or the creator, how do I do what I need to do with your creation? Would it not? Does that make sense? Okay, so let's turn over to James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Now, babies didn't come with an instruction manual. But the Heavenly Father gave us some amazing resources. He gave us salvation, which he gave us Jesus. He gave us his word, which does contain some instructions. He gave us a heavenly prayer language, just speaking in tongues. We can pray out mysteries of things that we don't understand, things that we don't know, things that frustrate us or things that um, we just need wisdom on. He has given us the Holy Spirit as a guide, as an internal guide to, give up, to lead us and guide us into all truth. And he has given us unconditional love. He's given us unconditional love. And he said that we are made in his image and his likeness, which means we have the ability to give forth unconditional love. Now, there are some who will love by conditions, even some mothers. And there could be some people in here who had a mother who was that way who loved based on conditions. But the Father gave us unconditional love. He said, I made you like me, which means we have the ability, whether you walk in it or not, as a decision and an act of your own will. So let's look at James chapter 1. If you need wisdom, ask. Ask our generous Father, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in him alone. Be sure that your faith is in him alone. If you're asking him, why would you seek an alternative? Why would you seek a plan B? 
Why would you seek another way if you've asked him? If you want the other way, don't ask him. Don't bother asking. I mean, I know how I feel when people come to me for advice and counseling. And then I give them the godly wisdom. They go and do something different. Then why ask me? Because I'm going to give you what the words is, not my opinion. Although I have many of them. But when you ask me, I'm going to give you what I believe the Lord wants you to know based on the scripture. So he said, if you need wisdom, ask our generous father and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in him alone. Do not waver. Do not waver for a person with a divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So get a picture. You're by the beach. You're at the beach and you see the ocean and you see the waves. They're unsettled. You can't depend on them because it's up one minute, down the next, up, down, up, down, up, down. He says, don't waver. Don't be a person with divided loyalty. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. And you know why the scripture can say that? Because what you do in one area is a thread through everything else that you do. So if you're unstable here, if you wish you washy here, if you're unsettled here, then when you go to this area of your life, you'll be unsettled and wishy-washy to this area of your life. So between relationships, motherhood, finances, your career, I mean, you will be wishy-washy and you will not be settled. And you will not be able to receive anything from the Lord because you're not trusting in him alone. You ask him and he said, I will give it to you. Let's turn over to Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Heavenly wisdom is what we need. Heavenly wisdom. I mean, who can really be the expert mother of a baby that you don't even, she just got here. He just got here. I don't know what to do. I look to this person, that person, this person, that person, but the, he, the wisdom that comes from above. So you have to be able to hear from God, pray, read the word so that he can give you instructions like, don't teach her based on her chronological age. She's two, but don't teach her based on her being two. This is what I want you to do for her. That was what he told me when I was at the store buying school materials for Mariah. She was two. And I'm thinking, okay, milestones for a two-year-old. I'm an early education person, okay. He said, don't teach her that way. Buy the things that I want you to buy for her and you teach her the way that I want you to teach her. Heavenly wisdom. No one could have told me that. I couldn't have told myself that I'm thinking, okay, she's two. She should be able to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and ABCs, and one, two, threes, and all this. I didn't think she'd be able to read. That's not what's on my mind is her reading at two, having a full conversation at two. But heavenly wisdom, heavenly wisdom, Proverbs. Now, this is the first chapter, the first seven verses. He says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. 
Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables and words of the wise in their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Wow. Fear of the Lord. He's not saying be afraid. I'm afraid. No, he's not saying be afraid. He's in reverence for him. Reverence for his word. Reverence for the way he wants things done. Not the way you want to do it. He knows you. He knows the baby. He knows the children. He knows what they need. He knows what they don't need. But us and our parenting, we do the best that we can, right? I know I have. We do the best that we can. But he said, there's always a better way. And if you come to me, I will give you wisdom. I'll tell you what to do. Especially when you are wired one way and you have a child who's wired completely different. I love hugs and kisses. This kid may not love hugs and kisses. That's not the case for my children. But you also could be the opposite. You could be a mom who's, who, whose child loves hugs and kisses and need to be rubbed and hugged and all the affection and, and cuddled. And you don't want to be bothered. Okay, that's your 10th hug today. Can we stop? No more hugs. When Jeremiah was homeschooled, he would hug me all day. And I told him jokingly, I said, Jeremiah, I want to send you to school. He said, you are? Why? I said, because you hug me all day. You don't go to school. Are you serious? <laughs> and so it was as if he could hardly pay attention to his work because he had to get that mommy love. But guess what? Babies need to be loved Amen. and touched and cuddled. And not just babies, but toddlers, right. adolescents, right. teenagers, yeah. young adults. Yeah. Hey, mommy, can I have a hug? Young adults. <laughs> mommy, I need a hug. And not just young adults, but your 30-year-olds, your 40-year-olds, your 50-year-olds, your 60-year-olds. Is there anyone who doesn't need love? And when that love comes by way of touch and concern, you can feel it's tangible. You can feel someone concern and love for you. How much more powerful when it comes from your mother or comes from you to your child? And even though you may have had a bad day, let me encourage you not to be short and impatient because the kid came for the fifth hug or the fifth kiss. Ask God to give you grace that I am a mother full of love at all times. And that's what you are, a mother full of love at all times, ready to dispense love by way of affection, hugs, kisses, or sometimes a listening ear. When you've been dealing with clients all day, I don't want to have a talk or listen. Mommy, can I tell you this? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How about you come back in two days? <laughs> two days. And I've been guilty of it. This will make you a bad mom. It's just some things that we need to be mindful of and things that we might need to adjust. Because we do get tired. We do have long days. Working, counseling, going to school, whatever our responsibilities are. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. After you have asked for wisdom and you recognize that God's word is full of wisdom, he then says to trust in the Lord, trust in him with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he shall show you which path to take. He said, trust in him and I'll show you. Trust me and I'll show you. Now, my children are gifted musically. Me, not so much. But my son was preparing for an audition. 
And I just really wanted wisdom from God on how I could encourage him and how I could help him because I was completely clueless. He had several pieces of music to choose from and he had to play one. So the Lord told me to tell him, play all the pieces of music and whichever one connects to your heart, that's the one you learn and play. Whichever one connects to your heart. And so he went through all the music and there was one song that he just really felt on the inside. And I had to thank God for that because I'm thinking, oh man, he's musical, he's gifted, I don't have a clue. He has an audition, how do I help him? How do I encourage him? I don't know what to say. Besides, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. I mean, what else do I tell him? And the Lord gave me that for him. And so, in your life right now, with your adult children, your newborns, your toddlers, your teenagers, you and of yourself may not always have the answer of things they face with their relationships with their career paths, with their ministries, with their business, their entrepreneurship, things that are in their heart. You may not have all the answers. And guess what? The Lord may have given them a vision that God did not give you. So the responsibility of the parent is to go back to God and ask for wisdom because we could lead our children down a wrong path because we don't see the vision. We are called by God to give wisdom, love, understanding, an understanding heart, a listening ear. We're not called to control our children. We're not called to control them. Unfortunately, there are some people who um, try to live their lives with their children. Like, okay, well, I couldn't be a dancer, so I want you to be a dancer. I couldn't be, I couldn't be a banker, but I want you to be a banker. And the child, like, well, mommy, I want to, I want to play baseball. No, that's stupid. Go into banking. If you don't go into banking, I'm not paying for your college education. So now it's control and you've got intimidation. This happens just on an upper level or even a lower level. Kids want to express their own individuality by the way they want to wear their hair and their makeup. And I had a talk with one of my daughters the other day. And we talked about approval versus non-approval. And I said, well, I'm almost 50. So the way I like to see hair done or the way I like to see makeup might not be what you like. It's called preferences. I'm not going to smother you and tell you, no, you can't do it this way. No, you can't do it that way. No, you shouldn't do it this way. As long as it's, it's uh, I mean, it, I was going to say long as conservative. I didn't say conservative because it might be wild in someone else's taste or even in my own taste. But I want the, the girls and the boys to have freedom to express themselves. As long as it doesn't violate God's word, as long as it doesn't bring them harm, then they have to have freedom to express themselves because they're different. They're wired different, made different, have different gifting. So it's important for us to be open, not control the children. And I may say that a few more times because we are not mothers who control our children. We are not mothers who control our children. We are mothers who give our children freedom to be them. Freedom to hear from God, freedom to follow God, not us. We are a guide who was entrusted with God's very special gifts. We are not called to run their lives. When our children were small, even in the womb, newly born, the one prayer I prayed consistently was that the child would be born again and filled with the Holy Ghost by the age of five. I was consistent with that prayer with all the kids. Because I knew if they are saved and they are filled with the Holy Ghost, they will then develop a listening ear. They will develop a capacity to hear God speak to them individually. 
So much so, I was praying with one of the kids one day. They were having a difficult time learning some lines or steps with a play. And I said, well, let's pray. And while we were praying, the Lord opened this child's eyes. And she said, Mommy, while you were praying, I could see myself doing the moves and doing this. And, doing, and I did it perfectly. And so when you pray over your children, you can proclaim things and declare things over them. The Lord can then come to the child. I mean, after all, Samuel could hear from the Lord. So don't discount them because they're children. They may have to come and give you a word one day that might slap you upside the head. And it might save your life. It might save your life, your family, your ministry, your business. So encourage them. Pray for them. Pray that God will give them a listening ear. Pray that God will come to them. Pray they will receive Christ and be filled with the Holy Ghost when they're young. Another thing I want to share with you is love. The importance of love. We talked a little bit about love, but love is just more than hugs and kisses. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8, 4 through 8. It said, love is patient. And love is kind. Love is patient and love is kind. Love is patient and love is kind. Love is not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. It's really a sad day in America or in the world when a mother is jealous of her own child. But we have mothers who are broken. And maybe you misunderstood your mother because she was broken. You didn't understand her ways and how she did what she did. This month she didn't love you. She would reject you. The Bible says that love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, but it doesn't mean that she can't be subject to it. It doesn't mean she can't. As a mother who's supposed to love and nurture you, it doesn't mean she can't be subject to jealousy or pride or rudeness with her own child. There are things that, happens, that have happened with our mothers we will never know. I have talked to many women who said, I don't even know my mother. I honor her because she's my mother, but I don't even know her. I know some elements of her. I know some things about her life, but I don't know her. Because it's always a facade, always a wall, refusing to be vulnerable and share some of those frailties, some of those weaknesses. But we at Lionheart Church are women who are open with our children. Amen. We are vulnerable with our children. We don't put up walls and facades. We are open and we share our frailties. Yes. Not for the purpose of that disclosing our frailties, but for the purpose of learning and growing. Yes. Us learning and growing and for our children learning and growing. I had a very serious situation that happened in my life that really broke my heart. And I thought I was being strong by walking around the house saying I'm good. And crying alone. Or smiling. I don't know if I want to say I was pretending. I mean, I, I don't know if I can admit I was pretending because I was, it wasn't intentional. I was thinking I was being strong. I was thinking I'm going to put on a united front. I'm going to be strong. And, yada. and then one day I was talking to one of the kids. And they were like, well, Mommy, we need to see that other side. Because they was like, are you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm great. Yeah, are you sure? Yeah. But because the children are so sensitive, they can feel on the inside. No, she's not. She's not good. She says she's good. She's smiling like she's good, but on the inside, I know she's not good. So finally, I broke. And I was like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be crying. I shouldn't be crying. Well, why not? Why shouldn't you be crying right now? It's okay. You're hurting. And we need to see that part. But sometimes as women in our pride, even with our own children, 
But if we can't be vulnerable with our spouses or our children, who can, be, who can we be, be vulnerable with? So I encourage you, women of lion heart, don't put up a mask or a wall with your own children. They learn. One of the things I thought was a great tragedy was my mom passed away and there were just so many things I didn't know about her. Worse yet, when her mother passed away, she was crying. She was really upset and I didn't understand. Like, why is she upset? I don't get it. Because I knew they didn't have a good relationship. They were estranged, but I didn't know why. It wasn't until after her death that I found out from my older siblings who were around much, much longer than me. And so I said, okay, now I understand because now that she's gone, that means it cannot be repaired. Whatever thoughts she had about it being reconciled, it can't be. But in the name of Jesus, if you are in here and your mom is gone, there's some unresolved issues. They can be resolved in your own heart. You don't have to carry that burden anymore. So you, she may not be here for you to talk to, but you can resolve those things in your heart with Jesus. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Remember that unconditional love I talked about? That can be a little difficult when children get older and they're now adults and they want to be disrespectful and not kind to their mothers. But the Bible says that love never gives up. This is your child. And it might not feel good. It just, it just won't feel good. But the Bible says that love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34. It says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So what I'm getting ready to read is simply him saying, you wavering again. You serving this one over here and this one over here. You can't do both. You can't have divided loyalty. I mean, you can try to do it the world's way and try to consult the Lord, but what you will end up with is not the result that you desire. We cannot parent kids that came from heaven that were made by him and we do it in our own strength or our own mind. I mean, I dare say there's many things we can't do, but especially being a mother. I mean, there are things that you don't understand. I mean... I mean, like genius in a kid or extra bright, I mean, extra sharp. I was like, where did this come from? What is this? I don't know what to, let me give this child some resources. I mean, there's just things we don't know or understand. But he said, that's why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for, for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all our worries add a single moment to our life? He's just really encouraging us because life can come full of worries, things that we have no control over. When they're small, we control everything. We are the mama. We control everything. When they become adults, we don't have any control over that because they're, they're 18, 19, 20, 25, 35, 45. You can't worry about them. They're going to make their mistakes. You made yours. I made mine. So we have to love them and guide them. If they reject our wisdom, reject our advice, then you have to just pray for them. But he says, don't worry. And why worry about clothing, looking at the lilies of the field and how they grow? They don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, 
that they are here that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? If he said, I'll take care of you, then why are we chasing money? He told you to come home, but you want to keep working. He told you to come home. He told you, I want you to come home. I go, no, Lord, I can't. Why? Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all these things. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. And lie in her church, I have women who seek God. And women who follow God. Women who obey God. He said, seek him and his way of doing things, his righteousness. Not materialistic things. The car, the houses, the clothes, the trips, they will all still be there. There have been a multitude of things I wanted to do. Some, some areas I made mistakes. Like, okay, I can't do it right now, but I thought I could. I have to wait. Five more years, Jeremiah will be out of high school. What will I do then? I don't know, but there are things that are swirling around in my heart. Don't miss the current season you're in. Enjoy the season you're in. Just like natural seasons, they come and go, and they come back around. So don't be too quick to jump out there ahead of your time. If you're prophetic or you just, the Lord has given you vision and some inclination and some ideas about business or entrepreneurship, there could be some things on the inside of you. You want to do it now. You want to do it now. You want to do it now because you're excited. And it's okay to be excited, but recognize the season that you're in. Some children have learning difficulties and they need their mama at home, need them right there to encourage them and help them to move them along during that short season of their lives. There are some children who may have physical limitations and need their mama right there. It's just not that they don't need their father, but it's something about a mother's love about her patience, her nurturing to be right there. So recognize, now I'm the one to tell you what season you're supposed to be in. But if the Lord gave you a baby and he's right there, then I think you might want to give him a little bit of attention <laughs> because babies thrive and they get better. They get older and I can tell which children are being nurtured and which ones may be a little bit neglect neglected. Should you be with the baby all day like I was? I couldn't hardly do anything. What you been doing all day? I've been with the baby. No, don't go to the other extreme either. The baby sleeps a lot. Toddlers, they're busy. They don't need you every second. Every second. So as mothers, we have a huge, been given a huge privilege, a huge responsibility. And so today I want to encourage you to take that responsibility and that privilege seriously. It doesn't matter if you have a newborn or an adult child because you can make adjustments in your heart or mind at any age. As long as you are breathing, you can make adjustments at any age. And that child may not come around. They may not, I don't know. They just may have some issues. They're working through themselves, but you just keep at it. Keep praying, keep loving, keep praying, keep faith. Keep faith or keep the faith. When Otha was a baby, 
We were at a jungle job, and I think my husband shared this recently, at a jungle job in Michigan playing. And I was sitting there pregnant with somebody, I can't remember which kid. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I mean, I just paused, and I just, I mean, it's not like I heard the Lord. I just told my sister like him, whatever you do, don't let Otha go in the bathroom with those boys. And Otha was running around with the boys. He's about six years old. I mean, he's running around. Maybe I was pregnant with Jeremiah because he was six. Okay, yeah. So he's running around having a good time and everything, and nothing looked amiss. I mean, nothing looked wrong. But when you are in the Word and you're praying and seeking God for wisdom, he can speak to you in the midst of noise. So it's one thing to hear God in your prayer time, to hear God in your closet, to hear God in your car, hear God in the shower. It's another thing to hear God in the midst of noise. And that's what we want. We want to be able to hear him in the midst of chaos and noise because if their life might depend on it. Your child's life, okay, wait, where's my child? What are they doing? So that day, and I believe he again shared all the details about him going to find Otha. I mean, he didn't wait for Otha to come back to us. He went to go look for him, and the boys were trying to pull him into the bathroom to kiss him. So I don't know what the, the enemy's ultimate plot was, but we know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When we are busy and our minds are cluttered, it's difficult to hear. It's difficult to hear. Now, yes, we hear with our ears, but we also hear on the inside. But if your mind is filled with stuff, if your soul clutter, if your mind is filled with all worries and cares and things of the world and this thing and that thing, you, you won't be able to hear correctly and you could miss something important. With Rachel, I have bought a plane ticket to go to my sister's baby shower in California. We were pregnant at the same time, but she was due before me. So I'm going to go to the shower. Now, there was no reason for me to go to the doctor. I was very early in my pregnancy. There was no reason for me to go. I did not have an appointment. But I hear the Lord say, go see the doctor first. So I did, and I bought the ticket. I went to the doctor first, and she examined me and said, you can't get on that plane. And had you gotten on that plane, you would have miscarried. And it would have been a great mystery, because I wouldn't have known. But she said, your cervix is not weak, but it's too short for where you are in your pregnancy. It would have been too much. The air pressure, being in that plane, would have been too much. And I would have never known unless the Lord revealed it to me later. But it was the wisdom of God. And so he said, if you need wisdom to ask him, he would give it to you. But don't waver. If you're going to come to me, come to me, and I'll give it to you. Wait for the answer. If I have an answer, wait. We get impatient. I want to answer now. I want to answer now. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. I mean, I have had to wait months for an answer. Let me think. Have I had to wait years for an answer? Years for an answer. But had I been impatient and said, you know what? Whatever. I've already asked him. He didn't answer me, so forget it. Well, no. Do you think he's going to answer you or not? He does not operate in your timing. He operates in his timing. And he knows when his time, time for you to know that information. He doesn't answer just because you ask. He's also a, a father that is about timing. He said, if you ask, I will answer you. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, I will open the door. Is that what he said? So if that's what he said, then you have to trust, like we said in Proverbs 3, trust that he will. But it's going to be in his timing. With Sophia, as I mentioned earlier, she was my overdue baby. How do you get to baby number four and you come late? It's time for you to come out. I'm only five feet tall. It's no more room in there for you to grow. You got to come out. So I, in my wisdom, I go to, the, now you would think on the fourth kid, you know when you're in labor. So I go to the hospital. I'm ready to have a baby. He's like, you're not in labor. I was like, for real? <laughs> I 
thought I was. It's like, are you serious? I thought I was. It's the fourth. I thought I was. It's like, nope. But if you want to have the baby, we'll induce you. I was like, no, nah, I'll go back home. I said, the baby in distress? Nope. The baby okay? Nope. Am I okay? Yep. Everything's good. Okay, I'll go back home. She didn't come to a week later. A whole week. A whole week. God's timing. I don't know what happened in her development in that week's time. I don't know what happened to me in that week's time in waiting, in waiting, in waiting for this little beloved baby to come out. Like, what is she waiting on? I guess she's just comfortable because it's 40 and a half weeks now. With Elizabeth, I have been given a negative report. And the doctor then suggested that they do an amniocentesis. So I then had to ask, well, what are the risks? Well, you can miscarry. Well, then no thank you. No thank you. I said, why would I have an amniocentesis? Well, so we can see if the baby is deformed or baby have issues or whatever. I said, and why would I want to know that right now? Why would, why would I want to know that? And they said, in case you want to abort the baby. And I said, no, thank you. I appreciate you letting me know what's going on. Thank you and goodbye. I went home and I said, Lord, if there is something wrong with the baby in the womb, if there is something, it will be healed and fixed. But when she gets out, if there, I'm not proclaiming it, I'm not claiming it, I'm not taking hold of it. But if there is something, did that all come from me? No. No, these are not things that came from me. There was no school of the mothers when I was coming up, okay? School of the mothers, okay, we're going to give you this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. I didn't have that. It was the Lord. So many things people can say, oh, he did such a great job. I mean, there's so many things I can't take credit for. I mean, I followed him. I did his, what he said. I followed his instructions. I can't take, I can take credit for obeying God, but even that was his wisdom, to obey him. Even that came from him. To understand the value of obeying what he has to say. Versus, uh-uh, I got this, Jesus. That in and of itself is wisdom. And then Jeremiah. At our previous church, he would check the kids in, much like we do here, check the kids in. They would give the kids a snack and, you know, water or whatever. And so I just felt led to take my child more food. I was like, well, you know, I don't think those little goldfish crackers are really going to do it. So I'm going to take him a sandwich and a banana. <laughs> he was two. And I would cut the sandwich in four, and the workers would argue, like, uh-uh-uh, this baby won't eat this whole sandwich. This baby won't eat the banana. I said, trust me. I just, I don't think the, go the little six goldfish, seven goldfish, I don't think it's going to do it. I think he's going to need more food. <laughs> they said, uh-uh, but we'll do what you say because you're his mother. Thank you. I come back, oh. <gasps> Oh, my goodness, the baby ate the whole sandwich. He's two. He ate the whole sandwich and the banana and the goldfish. I want to eat the other kids' goldfish. <laughs> and I had to tell all the workers that I would go every week because it would be different workers. You see different people until they knew who we were. Okay, where's Jeremiah's lunch? <laughs> we're only there for two hours. So those are little things that the Lord has given me, not major, major. Some are major with life and death, and then other things are just little things about their curriculum, about the sports. I mean, things that, that would um, just come up out of a child's heart. You might say, well, that's a dangerous thing to do. I don't want you to play basketball. I want you to play football. I want you to play baseball. But they're just some kids have a gifting or a natural inclination or a knack for something. 
Now, if you if, just go ahead and let them try, they don't, if it doesn't work out, okay, it didn't work out. But don't discourage, expose them to expose them to culture, classical music, the museum, sports, the arts. I mean, business, entrepreneurship. There's just so many things. And guess what? It might not be things you're familiar with. But again, there's so many resources in the earth. Maybe you can't speak Mandarin, but Rosetta Stone can. They say Latin is a damn la dead language, but music in the medical field, they still use Latin. So you might have to pull out Rosetta Stone or find a real live individual who can tutor your child. But there, let me, so let me encourage you to pull out those resources. Amen. Being a mother is not about being perfect. It's not about perfection. So get that out of your mind. You didn't have a perfect mother and you're not a perfect mother. I dare say most women really do do the best they can do with the knowledge they have at that time in their lives. Hopefully, we all will evolve next year to, to something greater and better. And I say in the name of Jesus, we will evolve in the next year, two years, five years, ten years. We can then give that wisdom to our children when they have their own children. Or we give it to our grandchildren. We do evolve. We do grow. We are not women who stay the same. In the name of Jesus. But we evolve to greater and better, no matter how old we are. So go ahead and stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Being a mother is not being perfect. Being a mother is being a woman who can apologize. One who can say, I'm sorry. Not just to other adults, but to children. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. You apologize without excuse. Not, well, I'm sorry, I was just tired. Yeah, you were tired, but don't give the, the kid the impression that it's okay because you were tired. I'm sorry, and that's it. I was wrong. Being a mother is not about being perfect. But being a woman that speaks life, not death over your children. You ain't nothing and you're going to never be nothing. Mm -mm. Not those words. Even if you're speaking them by faith about you're going to be everything that God has called you. You may not know what God wants you to be yet. I don't know what God wants you to be yet. I don't even know why you were born. I know he has a purpose. But the Lord has not yet revealed what that purpose is. But I know you're going to be somebody great. You will save lives. You will rescue people from the pit of hell. You will be an awesome wife, husband mother, father you are filled with the love of God you have a servant's heart speak life not death being a mother 
is not someone who's always happy and always filled with joy. But when you're angry or when you're down or when you're disappointed or when you're sad, you know how to manage your emotions so you don't damage your children out of your own hurt, out of your own anger, out of your own disappointment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So James said that if you lack wisdom to ask. So I want all the mothers to come to the altar so that we can ask God for wisdom. All the mothers. Mother-like figure to someone, a mentor to someone. You speak into someone's life on a regular basis, like a mother. Then I want all the mother, all the women who are going to be mothers, whose womb will be filled with life. You get down here. Because we're going to see fruit next year, Mother's Day. In the name of Jesus. want women who minister to other women down here too because although you may say well I'm not really her mother I'm her same age but in her heart she may see you as a mother as a mother figure because although you may be her same age she draws on your wisdom she draws on your love she can't wait to see you and she may not ever tell you that but in her heart, she has already set her sights on you. Like, that's my girl. I can't wait to get that. I can't wait to see her. And she may be your same. She may be younger. Is that every woman in here? Amen. Amen. Yep. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I see some women holding hands. I want everybody to hold hands. I think that would be great. And close your eyes. And just pray in the spirit for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your precious daughters. Thank you for every woman that came to this altar. Every woman that came to this church today, Father. Thank you, Lord for your loving kindness, your tender mercies. Thank you for every woman in children's ministry, Father. Thank you for your care for them. Thank you for healing their hearts, for bringing about restoration and reconciliation with their own mother. Thank you, Lord God, for as they dispense wisdom and understanding and love to their own children, 
that you are there. So Father, your word says to ask for wisdom. If we lack wisdom, I don't know what to do with this child. I don't know what to tell this boy, tell this girl. If they lack wisdom, if we lack wisdom to ask you, Father, you said to ask, Father. To ask, and you would give us wisdom. So in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Father. We ask you, Father. We cry out to you, Father. For who can really be a mother without your guidance, without your wisdom? So we ask you in the name of Jesus to give us strength, give us grace, give us wisdom to lead your babies, your toddlers, your adolescents, your teenagers, your young adults, your adults, the grandparents, Father, give us wisdom to lead them, to guide them, to lead them and guide them the way you want them to go, Father. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. For the infilling so we can pray the mysteries, Father. We can pray out mysteries. And thank you, Heavenly Father, for his dwelling on the inside of us, leading and guiding us into all truth. All truth concerning our children and our role in their lives. Thank you, Father, for this wisdom in the midst of noise, in the midst of chaos. Thank you, Lord, for this wisdom. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now may the grace of God and the peace of God and the wisdom of God rise up big on the inside of you in the name of Jesus. When you leave this place on today, on the inside, answers will come. Answers will come and you have the grace to obey. Not to question how, when, where. You want details, he'll give you details. You want details, he will give them to you. But there's wisdom on the inside of you to lead and guide your children in the ways of God. In the ways of God. Not the ways of ourselves, but in the ways of God. They might be past the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They might be past that age. They might be older now, but God will give you wisdom. You might be with child and carrying a baby. He will give you wisdom. The deposit is already made on the inside. Now lift your hands and give him praise for grace, for wisdom, for anointing, for wisdom, for wisdom, for grace, for wisdom, for grace, for strength, for know-how. Hallelujah. 
nothing too difficult for our Father. Nothing too difficult for our Father. If you have a feeling of rebellion or anger in your children, and you just cannot seem to get a handle on what is up with this kid, go to the Father. If this child is having difficulty thinking or sleeping or connecting with people, go to the Father. If you find yourself suddenly disliking your own child, go to the Father. Because he can then reveal to you if there's a spirit attached to you to cause division. Go to the Father. The grace of God is upon you. The wisdom of God is on the inside of you. In the name of Jesus. You're never too old to make adjustments. You are women of God. Called by God to do great and mighty works in the earth. Whether you're 19 or 99. If you are breathing, you can still make a difference. You will make a difference. You will make a difference. You are making a difference. You are making a difference. You are. You are. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. For not many women could do what you did. Many women wouldn't do what you did. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. So there may be things here on this earth you may never see. But in heaven, girl, you got rewards stacked up. Rewards stacked up. So just keep moving. Keep praying. Keep loving. Keep praying. Keep loving. And keep praying. And you will see a difference on this side or the other, but you will see it. For your faithfulness is immeasurable. Immeasurable. Most women wouldn't have done it. Or they would have started and wouldn't have continued. You continue through your tears, through your pain. You continue. And the Lord said, I see you. I see you. See you. I see you. Your father sees you. He sees your labor of love. Only he knows the tears you have cried. The late nights and early mornings. You. You. He sees you. And he is here for you. He never left you. Although things looked crazy, felt crazy, he was still there. Even through all the craziness. He wants you to be more committed and more dedicated than you've ever been. 
divorce all that other stuff and focus on him. 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 For there is nothing too difficult for the Lord. Absolutely nothing. 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 Nothing too difficult for the Lord. Nothing too difficult for the Lord. He is bringing healing, restoration, and reconciliation. I know it. So let me encourage you with these final words. To not look at what might happen in the relationships if in your own heart you desire reconciliation and and, and restoration. It will come to pass. 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 He will come back. He will fulfill the destiny for which he was called. He will. He will. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And Father, if I have missed anything, if I have missed anything, Father, cover the ladies now, Father. Cover your daughters now. Cover them now, Father, in the name of Jesus. For you know all the intricate details of their hearts and their minds. Miss anything in my humanness or my lack of sensitivity, Father, forgive me. But cover them, love them, and fill them with your precious Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus.